Hello, and welcome to the Rooted in Starlight podcast. This is your host, Trisha M., and I'm back here today so we can go over the big full moon lunar eclipse that is going to be happening actually very early um, in the morning. So it'll actually be 3.51 a.m., Some of us may be asleep, some of us may not, Um, but that definitely falls into that November 18th, November 19th, depending on where you fall into what begins a new day. Um, I hope that everyone is doing well. Uh, I did want everyone to be aware that you are, are coming off of that Uranus and Mars opposition and so there is still very much that energy going on Um, again we've got a whole bunch of planets piled up in Scorpio with the Sun uh, Mercury and Mars all um, taking up residence there for right now and Mars has moved to 13 degrees of Scorpio so it is not in an exact Um, opposition to Uranus that took place yesterday, Wednesday. But you're still definitely seeing that energy and feeling that energy in the way it may be playing out um, in your life because of the fact that when we have any kind of uh, meetup amongst planets, whether it's the opposition, which is basically them being... um, in opposite signs, whether it is a conjunction where they're in the same sign and they're literally, um, you know, sitting on top of each other or giving each other a hug, I guess, depending on what planets uh, it may be, Um, or whether they're in a square, which means that they are 90 degrees apart, Um, or if they're in a trine, which makes that 120 degrees apart. once the exact um, meetup happens and once the exact energy exchange takes place, then those planets move on. Uranus is a slow-moving planet, so Uranus is pretty much sitting at 12 degrees and is going to sit there at 12 degrees for a while. Mars itself, though, is a faster-moving planet, so uh, Mars himself has kind of, you know, said, okay, I I may, I came, I said what I said, and uh, now I'm, I'm moving on. But that energy, especially between those two planets, um, can be really intense. And so you're going to still be feeling that over the next couple days. You probably are going to need Mars to be about five degrees away from that uh opposition. So I would say that once Mars gets to, you know, 17, 18 degrees of Scorpio, then we'll be in a situation where um, you won't feel the intensity of that as much. Um, But (laughs) coupled with that, you know, just in case that wasn't enough for you, um, coupled with that, we now have the full moon lunar eclipse. And so the moon is in Taurus. Um, let's start with in Taurus, the moon is exalted. So that's a good thing. 
The moon loves being in Taurus because Taurus is the sign that loves to create. And Taurus loves to create where it wants to, whatever it builds, it wants to do that with some sustainability. So it's not in a situation where it's like, oh, I like that. And it starts to work on something and then gets distracted and so that it doesn't, you know, fully develop what it is it's working on. Taurus is the sign that when you're creating with um, Turian energy, you are creating fully and completely. And normally whatever you're working with, especially when the moon is in Taurus, whatever you're working with, it's going to be able to have a sustainable, lasting impact. Uh, whether that's just for you, because it certainly can be something that you're doing um, you know, for yourself. I mean, that could even be something that you're, you know, if you're starting a new exercise program or something like that. Um, or whether it's something that you're planning to share with others and, and kind of get out there uh, into the world, um, that in itself can be uh, sustaining. Taurus is, some, is the energy too that likes to have things grow a little slower. That is part of what could be a little frustrating with Taurus, especially for the times that we live in. I mean, we live right now, I don't know of too many people that even want to move slow in life um, because you almost can't. You're just going to get run over <clears throat> if you, you know, tend to have a pace that is more of a turtle instead of a uh, thoroughbred horse. Um, but Taurus has the energy of very much that, well, whatever you're working on, if you really take the time and and put in the focus and the um, craft and, and, and that energy that you need to bring something forth, then not only will it grow, but very much like, you know, a, a seed that you plant for the gardens. I mean, how many people were growing herbs this year? Or maybe you tried growing, you know, some vegetables or... <clears throat> Taurus energy is very much like that. And so, as you know, there's a certain time that you put certain things in the ground and, you know, then you have some time that you need to wait for them to actually to grow and blossom to the point where they're able to be, you know, ripe enough to be picked and either enjoyed um, through different recipes or enjoyed because they're flowers and you're able to just display them in your home or, you know, in a garden. Um, so that's very much what Taurus is, is like. And the moon just loves being in that sign for that reason, because the moon wants to be able to um, work with energy that's going to allow things to grow. So with this full moon, that energy is there to really say, wow, here we are whatever it was that you were working on at the new moon, if it was something short, may or may not have taken enough steps where you can see a difference in where your progress came from. What's interesting though with, especially when you're working with lunar eclipse, 
What's interesting is that what you would normally want to do is go back to when we had the Taurus new moon. And and that was roughly 6 months ago. So you're looking at, you know, end of April, sometime in May that we would have had the Taurus new moon. And now 6 months later, you you look and you say, "Okay, what was my intention set?" back then during the Taurus new moon and was I able to make progress with that you know is it where I wanted to be is it something that actually has come to fruition and this is right where I needed to be or is there going to be some work that still needs to be done and so that's very much um the energy with this uh full moon in Taurus and this lunar eclipse One of the things with the eclipse season and this uh you're here that you're you're you'll hear if you're listening to other astrologers you'll hear this being referred to as a season because the eclipse is the way they run is they normally run um where you've got about a year or a year and a half where you're going to have solar eclipses and lunar eclipses which is basically new moon and full moons that are happening in only the two signs so in this situation this is going to be Taurus and Scorpio and this season is just getting started so we have about a year year and a half where we will be having lunar eclipses and solar eclipses taking place in Taurus and Scorpio Um we're not quite finished up with the um eclipses of Gemini and Sagittarius uh but we actually pretty much finish that up next month and then once we do in January of 2022 you will see that the nodes will actually then move into Taurus and Scorpio and the nodes are the ecliptical points for the moon and so once they're set up in those signs the north node will be in Taurus south node is always opposite of wherever the north node is and so the south node will be in Scorpio and then we will have the series of eclipses that will just be happening and impacting Taurus and Scorpio and impacting for you where Taurus and Scorpio are in your birth chart. So when you came into this world, you know, you had a you know, I like to call it a road map, could all call it a compass, whatever um metaphor works for you, you literally had a blueprint with your natal chart. And in that you've got Taurus and Scorpio sitting in a particular place. They're they're residing in houses in a particular place in your chart. For me, that actually happened because I'm a Taurus rising, that is my first and seventh house. And so with this eclipse season that's going to be that's, you know, getting ready to begin here, that is where i will see a lot of changes taking place in my first house with taurus and in my seventh house with scorpio um and so that is where 
you want to try and understand, okay, how might this impact me? One of the things that's um, interesting and, and, and I find certainly fascinating with astrology is that um, astrology works in cycles and seasons. And so there very rarely is like just one and done things. And I feel like part of why that happens is because that's the universe's way of helping us have our evolution and helping us evolve and grow into who it is that we're meant to be and who it is that we're trying to become um, that best version of ourselves. Um, and so one of the things that's interesting with your eclipse season is that you can always go back to particular times in your life and there you will find at least the um, the season of, oh, here is this particular time in my life and this was when there was this Taurus Scorpio uh, eclipse season where the you know, the full moons and, and um, new moons were bringing about either lunar eclipses or solar eclipses. And that cycle where it's um, exact happens every 18 years. And so if you're not, if you're right now not aware of what your natal chart looks like, one of the things that you can do is go back to 2003 and 2004 and get an idea of what was going on in your life back then. Because that is the last time that we had the North Node in Taurus, which like I said, that's going to be happening um, at the beginning of next year. And when we had the South Node in Scorpio. And that's the energy where the eclipses that were happening were happening in Taurus and Scorpio, 2003 and 2004. Um, and that will give you an idea of what, you know, thinking about then, get an idea of like, did you have possibly, you know, major job changes? Were there major changes in your places, place of residence? Were you acquiring property or losing property, acquiring, you know, money, losing it? Um, what was your health like? What was your family's health like? Um, what were you working on as far as, you know, possibly a philosophical growth experience? Um, were you traveling a lot or were you in a situation where you thought you were going to and then everything came to a screeching halt? Um, did you, you know, meet a significant other or did you have a major breakup? with a significant other. These are the kind of things, if you look back at 2003 and 2004, you'll get an idea at least of the themes of what might have been going on and how those particular themes may be revisited now that we're approaching the new eclipse season with Taurus and Scorpio. Um, one of the things that's also helpful to do is to look at 2012 and 2013 and that will give you an idea of what um, what was going on in that 
you know, nine years ago, we would have had what we call the Scorpio Taurus. And you always refer to the axis based on where the North Node is. So, um, and that's because the North Node, that ecliptical point for the moon is where, when we come into this world, it's where the North Node is where the universe wants us to grow. It's where it says, be fearless, be courageous, and go out there and go after what you want. And if you do that with your heart and your soul, that we are here to support you. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to have challenges. I think one of the um, misgivings and, and misguided sometimes thought processes that we have is that, oh, if we're doing something we love, therefore it's going to come easy and therefore everything should fall into place fairly quickly and no problem. And that's really not um, the way that things work as we really all know whether, <laughs> whether or not we're in spaces where we want to admit it or not. Um, and I know I am certainly someone that can be easily frustrated when I'm working on something that I love. And, you know, the moment I hit bumps or the moment things get difficult, I, you know, love to throw my hands up in the air and go right to the universe and say, oh, well, obviously you don't want to support me. I shouldn't be doing this. And then, you know, that's where I can get into the, it's easy for me to drop something, whether I should or not. But the reality is that the North Node is saying, you know, the energy for the North Node is always saying, no, this is where you need to be courageous and step out into the path unknown and allow yourself these new experiences and I'll help you integrate them. And then therefore that will be how you grow and evolve. Um, and so the North Node itself the last time it was in Taurus was in 2003 and 2004. The North Node nine years ago, 2012 and 2013, it was in Scorpio, which is the opposite sign of Taurus. And so you can look at even just nine years ago to figure out, oh, well, what was going on then? because between that and what may have happened. So for instance, in 2003 and 2004, you might have had something come into your life and you were working with that. And possibly by 2012 and 2013, you saw that leave your life um, or it transitioned into something di different. And it might've been something you were trying to get it to transition to, or it might've been something where it wasn't going to work out and you just were hoping beyond hope that it would. Um, the eclipses, especially the lunar eclipses, are great for wanting to shine a light on let us, letting us know, here's where you're at. Here's what your resources are. And here's your best mode of action if you want something to be able to continue. But at times, especially with the eclipses, especially with the lunar eclipse, it will say, but this can't continue. And so for us, especially if it's something that we are enjoying um, or that we really care about, you know, sometimes for us that letting go is the hardest piece. And 
the lunar eclipse can sometimes come in and say, yeah, but I need to clear this out. And so that's what needs to happen. And so that's where you need to also be prepared that what the full moon sometimes can shine a light on is not only where you might need to be doing more work, but also where it's trying to say, in this particular area of your garden, there isn't going to be any growth. And so let's try moving on to something else. Um, and with your eclipse season, that's very much where you can sometimes see the dramatic changes happen, where you'll get something that will suddenly show up to help you out, or something suddenly shows up that you thought was going to take forever to happen. Um, and then the opposite, where things will suddenly um, you know, disintegrate, or something that you thought was going to come through suddenly doesn't, or something you thought, oh, I've got this set up and, and I know this is the way it's going to be for the next three years, and you're in an eclipse season and it's a full moon eclipse and suddenly something comes up and you find out, oh, that's not what's going to happen for the next three years. And so that's one of the um, pieces of this energy that's really important to understand. What's interesting is, you know, coupled with Uranus being in Taurus, you then also have this being, you know, this catalyst for change that can happen quite quickly. But I would also say right now, and I, and I find this to be a, a positive thing, and that, and that is that I think you'll see this energy and this catalyst for change happening a bit more easily than possibly in the past. One of the things that is interesting that you have to keep in mind with when we look back and we say, oh, what's 2000, what did 2003 and 2004 look like? And I know for me, they were, they were a couple years that were very um, dramatic in the changes that took place. Um, but what I also am aware of, and this is the important piece to this, that when you're looking back to that time frame, or if you're going to, you know, take a look back to 2012 and 2013, you have to keep in mind that the other planets, especially the slow moving planets like Uranus and like Saturn or Jupiter or Neptune or Pluto, they would have all been in different signs than they are right now. So for instance, Uranus, was not in Taurus in 2003-2004, nor was it in Taurus in 2012 and 2013. And so that makes a big difference with this um, ecliptical season that's coming upon us, that we're, you know, we're basically getting ready to set out on a new path here. And I think on that level, the looking back, it might be interesting to see the things that happened and realize that oh, this time around, there may be a change, and that change might be more sudden um, than I might be prepared for. And so it could be something that just comes out of nowhere. Um, and that would definitely be the uh, Uranus energy that is in Taurus right now uh, that's going to be very um, connected to these eclipses. Uh, so that's one of the things to definitely keep in mind with that. The other thing that's really uh, interesting with the um, full moon that we're having is Taurus is the sign that's ruled by Venus. 
That's part of why the moon does so well in Taurus. Um, and Venus right now is in Capricorn, which isn't a great place for her. She's, you know, it's not the most comfortable place. Uh, but she is at, she is at a trine with, um, with Uranus, which is actually a good thing because on that level, then she is sending energy uh, that the moon itself can pick up. Uh, so uh, Venus is 12 degrees in Capricorn and Uranus, like I said, is 12 degrees in Taurus. And so for her, that's, um, you know, she's forming a trine with Uranus. The moon itself is um, what, it's going to be at 27 degrees for this full moon. And so even though the moon and Venus already interacted um, a, a little uh, earlier, v Venus herself is sending energy to her sign almost in a way to be able to say to Uranus, okay, you know, whatever it is that needs to happen, let's do this with with love and let's let's do this in you know possibly more of a gentler way than you might have been feeling with all this energy with Mars and Uranus who would be very much the hey yeah let's get this done boom all right um, so yeah Venus would definitely work uh, much more um, kinder and gentler in wanting to bring about changes and the thing that's good about Venus is she also wants to do that in a way where she wants to provide you with opportunities that are going to help you grow and help you grow without necessarily needing to have a lot of challenges in the process. That is one of the things that Venus and Jupiter have in common and they're, you know, two of the planets that we call them um, beneficence because of the fact that they like to bring change like all the planets do, but they like to bring it in a way where you're going to have more of a positive impulse with it or that there's going to be more joy involved than in change that might take place with, you know, a Saturn interaction or certainly a Pluto interaction. Um, because they, those planets like to do things where it takes longer to figure out sometimes the wisdom of, oh, that's why everything fell out from under me. Um, when this happened and, you know, sometimes with Saturn and Pluto, you actually need to have some distance between the gift, you know, quote unquote, that they're sending you. Um, whereas with Venus and Jupiter, you can often receive the gift from them and almost instantly recognize that it's something that you, you know, are going to enjoy and something that you love. Um, so that is one of the uh, pieces to this that's really important to keep in mind too, is that while we have a lot of this, you know, Scorpio energy going on with Mars, the Sun and Mercury, and they're kind of all beaming their energy you know, across uh, the universe to the moon, who is now in uh, Taurus, we also have Venus, who is in Capricorn, and she's sending her energy 
to her own home sign, Taurus, and the moon, and Uranus, and pretty much saying, you know, okay, let, let's, let's have a, a moment of sweetness here. And let's see if we can't, you know, get everyone to, you know, just, you know, calm down for a moment and, you know, almost that stop and smell the roses uh, piece of it. So I think that hopefully might help some of the uh, frenetic energy that you might have, have been feeling all this week as, as we've been, you know, moving through these, the, this uh, intense energy and this and very much this catalyst of change energy. Um, and I wanted to let you know that I actually, right before I started my uh, recording, I took a moment to pull a um, what I have a deck and it's called you know a positive thought card deck and so I wanted to pull a card just to get an idea of what the message might be um, for this uh, Taurus Scorpio lunar eclipse uh, that's taking place and how it's basically kicking off for us <laughs> this new season of eclipses that are going to be taking place in in these signs um, and so I want to share that with you now. Uh, the message is this, freedom is my divine right. I am free to think wonderful thoughts. I move beyond past limitations into freedom. I am now becoming all that I am created to be. And what I love about that when I pulled that is I thought, wow, that's such a Uranus and Taurus message as well. Because part of what Uranus wants to do is make that change. He wants to be the change agent where what he's doing is helping you be more free. And that doesn't mean free from responsibility, but it certainly means free in the sense where you feel that energy of engaging your heart and engaging your mind in ways and even engaging your spirit in ways that really um, empower you and and make you feel good about yourself and help you want to be out there making other people um, feel good and so I think that's one of the things that is very interesting when I pulled that that was the first thing I went to I was like okay that's a good message for us to have right now Um, so I wanted to make sure that I got online so that I could you know share my thoughts with you on what we're coming into Uh, like I said looking back is going to be helpful with this uh, eclipse season and for anyone that is interested in getting an idea of where you actually do have Taurus and Scorpio, you can reach out and contact me um, either on Instagram, and my Instagram page is trisha.morrissey.31. So you can DM me from there if you'd like information on um, the natal chart work that I do. And you can also find me on Facebook under Trisha Morrissey. And you are also able to find me under Rooted in Starlight uh, on Facebook. And that is a page that I believe you are able to like, and then I'm able to invite you in. Um, So I want everyone to 
hope we get hopefully we're going to have um, some sky nights where we're going to be able to see this full moon and really enjoy the beauty of it um, and I want everyone to you know be well and be safe and I will definitely see you next time and when I see you the next time uh, we will be covering the sun's movement because with this full moon we've got the 27 degrees for both the moon and the sun so that means the sun is at the end of its Scorpio run and it's getting ready to move into fun-loving Sagittarius which I think is going to be great for us because that's perfect for the holiday season that's um, quickly coming upon us So we will be discussing that. I will probably have a little more to say about this eclipse because like I said, this is something that it's going to take a while um, for everyone to understand how it might be impacting you. There will be some, you know, very immediate things. um, But one of the things with eclipses is that you can have something immediate that happens in your life or you can have something that takes place 30 days after an eclipse. And what's interesting is that we have, um, you know, if we're we're going a month from now, you know, that December 18th, 19th then puts us into somebody's possibly seeing changes in their life happening right when the winter solstice is about to take place. Um, And then the other piece about the eclipse is that, you know, the next moon that we have will be a new moon and that will be a solar eclipse and that happens on December 4th. And so why not... When I do the uh, episode for the sun in Sagittarius, I will cover a bit about that Sagittarian solar eclipse because that's actually an eclipse that is wrapping up the Gemini Sagittarius eclipse season that we have been in um, for the last year and a half. So uh, again, everyone be well. You can find this podcast on Spotify, so please follow me or send me a message uh, letting me know what you think of the content, if there's something that you would like me to be covering. Um, You can also find this on Anchor. You can find it on Google Podcast. It is also on Stitcher and on Breaker, and it is on Facebook uh, under the Rooted in Starlight page. So take care, everyone, and I will see you back here soon. And again, that's when we will be discussing our sun moving into Sagittarius. Okay, bye-bye.